Sup Lords of Pain and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, which means we're back and it's just Mazza and I this week. Maverick uh, apparently couldn't make it, though I'm suspicious he's probably just sat in a pub somewhere drinking. Yeah, I think he's still in Victoria Station, would be my guess. Side of the train tracks, Mav. Couldn't make it for this end of year right side of the pond, but as is tradition here on the right side of the pond, uh, I think this is our last show of 2018, if my timings are right. So it's Ducky time. Should be. Yeah, it's 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 the Ducky Awards. We do this every year. Uh, we're gonna cut down on them a little bit this year uh, and, and run through the usual raft of categories that we have. Uh, facial hair. You mean no facial hair this year? Well, I was just about to say facial hair of the year. <laughs> it gets tougher every year as we as we run out of people with beards. It feels like the fashion has died off a little, but I have to say uh, that credit is due to Tommaso Ciampa for his salt and pepper Viking look that he's got going on. Yeah, yeah. All all, all the credit to Tommaso Ciampa that he's going to get on this show, I guess, this week. <laughs> well, quite, yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's, uh, excuse me, <coughs> oh God, it's not started well. We also usually do the What the Duck Award for crappiest news story, but I don't think either of us have really had time to go and troll back through uh, pages of, of lordsofpain.net for crappy news stories and none immediately spring to mind. So I tell you what, we'll just give that a legacy award to Big Show and his galvanised boat. It's oh, wait. A good one. Or, or Kofi and his samurai sword. Ah, Kofi samurai sword. Yes. What a good time that was. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Let's crack on with the prop stuff, though. So we've got the Sitting Duck Award, first up, for Arrested Development. So really we're talking about people whose careers have kind of, I guess, stalled a little bit in one way or another throughout 2018. And unfortunately, it's there's, you've got to think there's, there's quite a long list. We'll run through these one by one. First up, Mav's suggestion. He couldn't be with us, but he did throw some suggestions our way. Kevin Owens. And Maz, I know he's your guy, so I'm going to let you take uh, take the lead on this one. I think Kevin Owens, yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're talking about from the back end of last year, it, it all started to go a bit a bit skewiff, didn't it, for poor Kev over on SmackDown when he, you know, not not even fell to Super Cena or someone like that. He fell to the to the might of Shane McMahon, yes. uh, which was yeah and he, they did nothing with it he you know him and Sal I mean you, you've got to throw Sammy in there with him as well sure. all the way but you know Owens was at that higher level so it, it, it's a definitely a steeper fall for, for Kev whereas you know um Sammy it, it's less of a fall but you know you had that story play out coincide with Brian coming back which meant they had even less chance of getting something good going at Mania when they became fodder for, for D- Daniel's return. And, you know, the move to Raw seemed like a good one. And it just stalled big time, my word. You know, it just I just keep having visions of him being Braun's bitch for so long and that whole strange storyline. And, you know, the moment you think, oh, it's Kevin Owens, he's going to... he's He's going to bring it back with that fantastic match with um, Seth on Raw, followed up by him quitting, and then that just kind of didn't lead to anything. And then two weeks later, he was off injured. Where he's been ever since. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, he, he, 
he clearly went to clear up some other injuries as well at the time. So whether it was a timing thing, but I don't see why he didn't, didn't do that after he said, I quit. Why yeah. did he have to back in this really strange position? And then... I think, unfortunately for him, he's he <clears throat> why it's been a particularly bad year for him this year, he's now in a situation where he's moved brands twice. So each time they've done a shake-up, he's moved, he switched, you know, he switched to SmackDown a year or so ago, then he switched back to Raw this year. Both were designed to give him a fresh start because when he moved to SmackDown, he was coming off of losing to Goldberg, uh, you know, losing his universal title to, to Goldberg. Um and then got 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 to SmackDown with the US title, got locked into that feud with AJ that a lot of people I think were perhaps felt a little uh, disappointed by uh, at the time. Like you say, loses to Shane McMahon at the back end of that, moves back to Raw, uh, and accomplishes precisely nothing since since getting there. So he's in this bad situation now where he's moved twice, both times seemingly to his benefit, both times through no real fault of his own were flubbed. Uh, and then, like you say, he quits. That was like a third fresh start. Comes back two weeks later. That amounts to nothing. And I think it gets to a point where you start to mount these these um, quote unquote fresh starts up. Uh, and if they keep repeatedly leading nowhere, I think that can almost do a, a lot more harm to someone's career than it can if they were just you know very much standing still, you know, in the same spot consistently well, and unremarkably well, I, for a long time. I mean, I think five years in or six years in, wherever we're at now, I think we can actually, you know, call this award the Arrested Development Sponsored by Bray Wyatt Award. You know, <laughs> that's the... The Bray Wyatt Tribute Award. The, yeah, you know, if anyone remembers who he is. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely one of those. Uh, it's like, yeah, where does... Where, where do you go with it? And, you know, Owens... You know, I think Owens has got enough bounce-back ability, if that's a... It's a word now <laughs> um, to to be all right, and I think I think the injury probably will help him a bit in that you know he can come back pretty fresh and have a reset of all the crap that's that's that had gone on in that that time before. But you know, uh, I thought that about Bray Wyatt at one or yeah. two or three stages. You know, <laughs> well that's it. I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's it's almost like the course the curse of the fourth guy because it happened to Bray. It seems to be happening to Owens. Uh, and who knows who's going to happen to next. But there are a few other people that I've noted down here. One of the names that I wanted to pop down was AJ Styles, and a lot of people may sort of scratch their heads when they hear that because he's been WWE champion for 11 out of 12 months this year. Uh, But Mav, who is in here, feels very much like I do, that his title reign this time around uh, has felt pretty stagnant. Uh, felt to me like it went on too long. And when you think that he's only wrestled like three or four different guys on pay-per-view since WrestleMania, and when you think how many pay-per-views we've had since WrestleMania, you come to realize, you know, he was he was in that Shinsuke feud for a little too long, and then he was in the Samoa Joe feud that tonally was pretty much exactly the same as the Shinsuke Nakamura feud. And it was only really when he started, because the beginning of the it was a total write-off for him, you know, a handicap match for the title against KO and Sammy, followed by the single most forgettable and generic multi-man match at Fastlane that you could possibly imagine. Um, so really, the the first thing of real note he did was WrestleMania with Shinsuke. I think, uh, even though I was a big fan of that match, I think a lot of people were expecting perhaps bigger things from them that, that night. Then you get locked in these two long feuds. It was only really when he started wrestling Brian, I felt like he was engaging again for the first time. 
uh, and loses the title, and now he's doing some cheesy, weird thing with with Vince McMahon wanting to unleash the inner animal in him or, or some such. So, it's not been you know a disastrous year for him because he's been champion. He's still been having you know good matches, uh, perhaps not to the same acclaim that he's been having them in the last couple of years, but he's still been having great matches. It's just he's been. It's felt very kind of you know his character hasn't developed one iota in the last twelve. Bingo. Months. That that I think that's the problem there. You know, it's. <laughs> I've enjoyed both the Samoa Joe feud and the Nakamura feud more than most, but you could have changed AJ out for essentially any babyface in the history of wrestling, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And, and and it it you know it it would have made no difference. You know, I think I think he, particularly in the Samoa Joe feud, you could see how you know Joe was outshining him at every step of the way when it came to the character stuff, and you know. Mm. I, I think every single Samoa Joe and Nakamura match that he had were at the very least uh, very good. Yeah. You know, but none of them were that match. And again, that might be the, you know, the fact of this WWE's obsession with uh, we've got to do it three, four, five times, mm. which, you know, with Joe, it certainly hit that that many at least, I reckon, um, where, you know, none are really very distinguishable from the other uh but you know i, I, mean, I agree with, this... with, with nakamura you think about how close some of them were as well like i think there were like three in as many as, as as many as three in like two months or something on pay-per-view yeah and you know that, that that's the problem problem there that you know weren't very interesting you had if it, if it was more of the you know like the rusev match at least it would have been a run that that would have been a bit interesting and could have covered over, but you know, it, it, all three of those big feuds that he's had in 2015, 2015, 2018, uh, have required a hell of a lot of, you know, character work and his opponent in all of them, you know, carried their end of the bargain. And I don't think he did, you know, he wasn't, he didn't seem very comfortable and that's why, you know, as, Cheesy as this man, and, and I've not watched it yet, so it's I've not actually seen it play yeah. out. As much as it plays out, you know what what McMahon has essentially essentially done here is exactly what I want it, mm. someone to do, which is let's try and shake up AJ Styles. So where it leads, where it goes, you know, I mean, if it, if it ends up with AJ versus Vince at WrestleMania, obviously. <laughs> I'll I'll have a different opinion on it, but yeah, I wouldn't have thought that's where it's going, you know. At this point, um, I, I did have a terrible, terrible vision of us heading down a McMahon in every corner um, oh, path, a, a, a real, you know, just with Triple H instead of Linda, um, Linda this year. And the more I think about it, the more I think it could be a distinct possibility on one of the brands. I mean, you should definitely, Um, you should definitely throw that one out next week on the prediction show for sure. Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. But you know, right now I I think, you know, where that's heading is probably a good thing for styles because he needs a reset for 28. You know, I've been saying it, I've been saying it in the P tens whenever he's shown up and, you know, a a sign is, is, you know, the, the power 10 coming out of TLC where, you know, essentially they've they've had a, a a genuine match of the year contender and styles only got one vote from the main page writers you know going out of it and that's mm. because he's just not very interesting right yeah, now absolutely you know and he'll wrestle a good match he's 
again, it, it bears repeating. It could have been any baby face in the history of WWE. Could have been opposite Nack, Samoa well, Joe, or, or Brian at any point during this year. And it would have been, you know, would the matches have been quite as good? Absolutely not. You know, not everyone could have fulfilled that end of the bargain. But, you know. Well, talking about your TV every week. Yeah. I mean, talking about that, all of these issues apply to um, the next name on the list as well, which is Finn Balor, who feels like he's probably been on this list every year since he got to the main roster. I don't know if he has or not. Um, Because another nothing year for a guy who's now been on the main roster for two and a half years, uh, thereabouts, uh, was the longest reign and may still be the longest reign in NXT champion ever. Had, you know, all the hype in the world behind him when he was doing his stuff in NXT, came up, won the Universal title first night, got injured, comes back. It feels like this year, more than most, he's just been trapped in TV feud after TV feud after TV feud after TV feud, always a bit player in someone else's story and never really doing much himself. And so it strikes me that you can apply all of the same criteria we just did to AJ Styles to Finn as well. The only difference being that Finn doesn't really have the prominence or the title reigns to to support him at all. Bear, bear in mind, at the back end of last year, you know, he was beating AJ Styles in a... Well, that's true, yeah. I forgot he even won that. In in that big match. <laughs> you know, you know, both both of us have notoriously been guys that aren't particularly keen on you know we, we weren't his biggest fans let's say in nxt i do think he's got the rough end of the stick a little bit since he's been on the main roster you know i, I think he's done a decent job with anything that he's given but he just seems to not go anywhere it just seems to go round in circles and again you know we all know about the brock lesnar syndrome on yeah. raw which has been a hindrance to anybody that's that's been in that position, you know, uh, of that mid-carder slash upper mid-carder. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think Finn's felt that a lot and I, I don't think he's been given a fair shot. And, you know, I do get the feeling, you know, last, last week it came up while we were recording that he's in line for a push. Uh, and I think, I, guess we'll have to see. I, I, I honestly believe that, 2018 for Finn Balor has been, you know, exactly what you would have expected for 2018 for Finn Balor though at this fair at this enough. point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair comment. Well, let's. I mean, I don't know whether this a similar thing uh, could apply to either of the last two 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 female competitors I wanted to put on the list. One was Asuka, who started off the year. Uh, you know, winning the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, headlined it at WrestleMania for the women against uh, Charlotte, proceeded to do absolutely nothing. But she has just won the SmackDown Live Women's Championship, looks set to play another prominent role in WrestleMania season. So I feel like almost it was a mistake to put her on the list in that regard. Because, yes, yeah, she had a, a rough middle of the year, but she started it on a high and ended it on a high. But Sasha Banks... Uh, you know, to say that a couple of years ago she was, you know... Uh, Again, someone who had all that hype in the world, had that incredible match with Bailey at Brooklyn, the first women's five-star match to a lot of people. And it looked like she was she was set to have a good year at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you remember, she had a, a fantastic performance in the women's Rumble match. Not only did she go end-to-end, yeah. to end to end, there was long periods of downtime, but she absolutely dominated the ring in terms of her presence and personality for sort of the last five or six entrance until she got eliminated including dominating Asuka she went on to have a great match with Asuka the next night 
So she got off to a great start and then has ended the year basically in the background with uh, Bailey after they've been locked in this endless, not really a feud feud. It's, uh, man, it's horrible, isn't it? It's just, I feel so bad for Sasha because, you know, I'm a big Sasha fan and, you know, she's got all the talent in the world, but she's just been, you know, she's not, she's not a face, you know. Well, this is it. She needs exactly what happened to Becky, you know, uh, bizarrely, it it probably happened the same. She just needs that little bit of edge from somewhere, you know, not necessarily a, you know, realistically, a heel turns the right thing, but she needs that edge and they need to let her follow through with it. You know, that's why, that's why she worked so well at the end of the rumble because she acted like a heel. You know, she, she acted like a heel to Trish. She acted like a heel to Asuka. She basically turned the Bellas into a cronies pretty effortlessly. Um, and the same with the match the next night on Raw as well. So you're absolutely bang on. But yeah, I mean, sh- she's one of those that it- it's waiting, but we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and it's not happening. And, you know, bizarrely, I, I, I we've got the, uh, you know, in the post award. And I, I honestly believe if she if they pull the trigger on the heel turn, it's in the post that she's going to nail it. But, you know, they just, it's... It's I think, hard to know what they're doing with Sasha think, and Bailey so much. They just lose interest, and then I think they've probably been um, been purposefully sitting on them because they're introducing these women's tag titles, aren't they? And Bailey and Banks are kind of a pre-made women's tag team, uh, which is uh, you know an appalling decision by my by my reckoning. But nonetheless, so we've got Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Sasha. Who do you think we should give the award to out of those four? I, I think it's KO just by okay. Just I can because it's yeah, KO. Yeah, I can get on board with KO. I think I was leaning towards Sasha, but I think KO in terms of because Sasha didn't really she had a good good couple of nights at the start of the year, but it's not like she ended last year on a on a great streak or anything. KO came from no. a headlining SmackDown Live feud, uh, and Bigger. has and has fallen that much further. So yeah, absolutely, I think. Sitting Duck Award for Arrested Development 2018 goes to Kevin Owens. Okay, so next up we have the Ugly Duckling Award for Unexpected Rise. So the person who became a star who perhaps wasn't necessarily meant to be a star, or at least we couldn't have seen coming in terms of their rise to the top of the company. And again, we'll go through these one by one. We we have to start, of course, with Mustafa Ali, who I have been a, a fan of for a couple of years. Um, but 2018, finally, the world woke up to what WWE and WWE woke up to what they were sitting on with this guy. Tore the house down time after time after time on 205 Live, regularly having match of the week, often having match of the month. You know, a match of the year contention list longer than your left arm or your right arm. I don't know why I specified. Uh, and ends the year, you know, gets gets the, the only cruiserweight title match on pay-per-view this year, I think, uh, with uh, Buddy Murphy at Survivor Series on the proper pay-per-view, not the pre-show. Uh, and ends the year grad- being the first ever cruiserweight in this new era to graduate to a full-time main roster position. So a huge year for Ali, not just to, in terms of match quality, but in terms of breaking down those barriers as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's... He, he's he, he's a big star, isn't he? You know, the start of the year, he, he was starting to gather some momentum while the whole mess of, you know, who's in charge of the Cruiserweight division went on. And then suddenly we found ourselves with this tournament and 
you know, Ali and Cedric could position themselves perfectly. We had, you know, Buddy Murphy coming up. We had Drew Gulak playing, uh, taking over the rollers, you know, top heel. And But from there, he's, he's really showed himself to be a fantastic professional wrestler and well worth well worth the admission price every time he's he he's there and on TV and you know he he's moved to SmackDown at the back end of the year you know he's only been there a couple of weeks but he's already really turning some heads and pinned the WWE you know, champion in a tag team match I mean that's you know people might kind of scoff at that as not really meaning much but that's a big gesture pinning the that, WWE champion yeah I mean you know even if Brian wasn't the WWE champion you know well, quite, pinning Brian yeah. you know in itself is something huge and on a on a show that is very 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 heel heavy at the moment you know Mm. he's got he's got a real opportunity to to make a name for himself and he's really grabbing it so far i mean i kind of hope he gets a title match at royal rumble uh but even having said that i mean mav has been saying recently that if you know if he's able to capture uh, and WWE handle it right, and they're able to capture a certain spirit. There's n- there's no reason why he might not be able to enjoy the kind of rise that Brian himself enjoyed a few years back. And at first, I kind of thought that was maybe a bit of an extreme. But then, like you you just say, I mean, he's in a prime position. He's he's hot right now. He's one of the most buzzed about stars on on in the IWC on social media. He's obviously front and center of SmackDown Live at the minute. He's got this big win over the champion. Uh, reportedly, Daniel Bryan asked to work with him. I didn't. I didn't realize that, but that's what I hear. That Bryan specifically asked to work with him. He's he's freshly graduated, and there's a huge opening on SmackDown Live, particularly because they they seem to be toying with turning even AJ heel. There seems to be a massive opening there for someone to fill a niche that right now is is anyone's for the taking. And if Ali carries on what he was doing on 205 Live so consistently, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be him. And when you put that into perspective, I mean that is. A phenomenal achievement, particularly in this day and age that we live in, to be able to get that kind of traction. So you've got to think that he's a firm favourite here. But we've also got some other names. We can't look past Buddy Murphy, who I'm not a big fan of Buddy Murphy. He still doesn't really convince me of much other than having, you know, he's basically the heel version of Cedric Alexander to me. You know, he goes out there and he has great matches, but there's there's not really much personality. There doesn't seem to be much character there. His best-kept secret thing, to me, was a bit corny from the very beginning. Um, and he's had great matches with Ali. I mean, I like the fact that him and Ali kind of became nemeses this year. That was quite fun. Um, but, you know, this is a guy who was... Started 2018. Like, nobody probably would even remember Buddy Murphy uh, at the beginning of 2018. He wasn't on TV. He wasn't on NXT... I don't know what he was doing, uh, emerges from absolutely nowhere to become, you know, this juggernaut character on 205 Live and ends the year as Cruiserweight Champion. I mean, if you want to talk about career resurgences, that, in its again, is pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, the best the best kept secret moniker really, really worked for him, you know. He's, again, like you say, do I think he's in, in that same class as Ali? No, but you can't deny the, the popularity of the guy and the quality of the matches he's had. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's, he's there. It, it's there for everyone to see, you know, he's, he's a fantastic wrestler and he's made the most of his opportunity, which is, you know, what, what you want from someone really, you want them to grab it with both hands. It's what you're, you always hear coming out of, you know, grab that brass ring, you know, He's done that very much so. Absolutely. Um, 
But I think I think maybe not really. I don't think he's the way we're going to go today. I mean, he's had an impressive year, but when you when you stack it up against some of the other accomplishments that not just Ali's had, but other guys. I mean, one name that that Mav wanted us to discuss was Dolph Ziggler, who. Um, <laughs> You know, very, very similar fashion started out an irrelevancy. I mean, I'm not particularly convinced. He's had some great matches with Seth. Um, and he's 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 racked a couple of victories up over Drew at the back end of the year. But really, the, the kind of the, the character thrust of the feud with Seth was Seth's. And I felt like the, the main villain of that dichotomy was more McIntyre and his interference than it was Ziggler and his... And his wins, and I thought it was quite telling that McIntyre really kind of played Ziggler's enforcer, but whenever they were wrestling with each other as a team or whatever, they came out to McIntyre's music. Mm, yeah, a, you know, it, it's been a good year for Ziggler. You know, I, I think this this Ziggler we've seen this year is really where Ziggler needs to be used, but you know, he, he could very, very well after this nice little run, end up with the Sitting Duck Award next year. You know, just just because he's Ziggler. You know, someone who's a perennial, you know, nominee for that award as well. Um, I think think that's why I'm a bit cynical towards it, because it doesn't necessarily... Like with Ali, with Murphy, it feels like it was very much through determination and work ethic they got to, to, you know, the, the years that they had. I'm not saying that Ziggler hasn't put the work in, but it does also feel like more than the others on this list, he's benefited from being in the right place at the right time from a bit of luck. Yeah, you know, and, you know, it's not luck, you know, as well. It's the fact that he's a dependable mid-carder, you know. He's someone that that the WWE will trust in in that role, you know, to get people over, but... To, to think of it as any more as a little program with Seth and the ultimate goal t- to get Drew over, you know, it, that that's what it that's what it was all along, yeah, you know, yeah. and he's dependable for that, and that that's great, and I think that's where we, I think that's how we need to look at Ziggler. I think sometimes we get carried away with oh, Ziggler goes on a good run, and suddenly you're thinking of what could have been, and then sometimes you know he drops down and, and you get fed up with him because you see those bad habits kicking in, you know, Ziggler is just what he is. And that's, you know, a hall of fame WWE mid carder. Uh, yes, I agree entirely. Absolutely. Um, one, one outside name that I wanted to put on the list, which kind of isn't necessarily one that immediately springs to mind because it feels like it shouldn't really be unexpected, but I think it was probably the most unexpected of the lot. And that's Daniel Bryan. Because, of course, at the beginning of 2018, we were still of the belief he would never, ever wrestle again. Uh, and instead, he ends the year as a fully active WWE champion. He put in a, uh, you know, he broke the longevity record at the Greatest Royal Rumble in one of his first matches back. He wrestled for one hour, some one hour, 15 odd minutes, I would think it was, which is a, just a remarkable feat after a two year layoff. Uh, has Has had a trilogy of incredible matches all of which would be able to challenge for match of the year Monica with AJ Styles at the back end of the year. And while, you know, a large portion of the year was locked in kind of feuds that either uh, felt beneath him, like with Big Cass, or felt maybe mildly disappointing, like with The Miz, um, you know, it's still worth remembering the SummerSlam match with Miz was fantastic. You know, he's got that WWE title reign again. He's he's found complete new life with this character turn that he's developed in the last few months. 
So to consider that in January we just presumed we'd never see him wrestle again, and then where we are now, I think you, that very much qualifies for an unexpected rise. Yes, I, I think that's it was unexpected, which is exactly what exactly, what we're talking yeah. about here. Yet yeah, certainly a contender. You know, it, it, when you look at it like that, it's not you know not a shock out of nowhere type of thing. It's something that we didn't think we'd see, and we've seen it. Yep, absolutely. Um, but let's talk about Becky Lynch who I think, I mean, Daniel Bryan's quite a convincing contender here, I think, because of what I just said. But Becky Lynch, you know, I mean, I have to admit, I've been a bit frustrated in terms of everybody uh, kind of rushing to name her wrestler of the year, uh, just because it's easy to forget that for the first six months, she didn't really do anything. I mean, she had a long run in, in the Rumble match, but she, you know, let's be blunt about it, until until the summer... She was a non-event on SmackDown Live, um, but absolute credit where it's you know and 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 by the way that kind of jadedness comes less from a Seth place more from a Charlotte place because obviously it's it's the cool thing right now to be hating on Charlotte but it's easy to look past the incredible year she's had as well, um, which started in January and didn't didn't start in in August but nonetheless I'm not don't mean to detract we're here to talk about Becky she has had an incredible rise at the back end of the year. Got on to, I mean, the Austin comparisons still feel a bit much to me, but has nonetheless gone on to become the hottest act in the entire company. Uh, you know, became SmackDown Live Women's Champion, had arguably the feud of the year with Charlotte. Again, a number of match of the year contenders. First ever women's TLC match. Uh, first ever main roster women's last man standing match, Evolution, which, you know, was a pay-per-view she should have headlined, as she should have headlined Hell in a Cell, did headline TLC. Uh, you know, uh, had that iconic image on on Raw with the bloody nose after she invaded. Everyone was mega hyped for a match with Ronda. Is now primed to potentially be the first woman to headline WrestleMania. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean it, it's and this is exactly what we mean by this award. This was you know out of nowhere. Whereas mm. she's always had her her fans. You know, you you didn't hear this uprising for, for for to make sure that becky was treated right in march you know yeah it, it exactly. wasn't there uh and that's because she hit some good form good form in the middle of the year and she carried that on into some fantastic character work and she gr- seized the opportunity with both hands and even when you know it was for in the certainly in by the vocal internet fans that WWE weren't doing the right thing with her. She lent straight into it and made the best of it. And when you look historically at the WWE, you're talking about the very best of the best, the biggest superstars in the game to, to, to ever do it that have done that exact thing and rise to the top, which is where the Austin, you know, comparisons come from, you know, rock did it. You know, Brian did it a few years back and it, it's she's just made it work because she she's mega talented. But uh, I was reading something about her saying she just found her voice, you know, and that's exactly what happened there. And that's that's what I want for Sasha. You know, mm. it's what I want for Sasha, because I, I, I I'm that guy with Sasha. Well, I, I still enjoy watching her wrestle, but I don't really care. For, you know, I don't care for the character. And if it does happen that Sasha blows up, it'll be a case of C, you know. And that's I've when you always start, known that's... she's had this in. But, you and know, that's... where where was this? There wasn't this 
outrage about how she was treated during her first title run on SmackDown. Nobody cared because the character just weren't there and it didn't care. And you had a rookie Alexa Bliss grab her character, mm. you know, by the throat and really show it. And everyone's like, yep, sorry, Becky, Alexa's the new wave. Absolutely. How cyclical history can be. Um, okay. Well, we've got to pick a winner. Um, I think it's for me, it's between Ali and Becky and it becomes a case of, you know, what's the, wh- how do you weigh them against each other? Because on the one hand, you've got Ali who's broken down barriers himself and has been on consistent form for longer. But then you've got Becky who arguably achieved greater things in terms of, you know, the headlining pay-per-views and winning championships and revitalizing a career and, and potentially uh, breaking bigger ground for women. Um, I mean, for for me, it, it, it's it's Becky just because of where the rise has taken her. Ali's done phenomenally, yes, but you know that swell of popularity for Becky. You know she's been the hottest thing, you know, that we've seen probably, you know, in, in terms of ground support, probably since Brian in in fourteen. You know. Yeah, I think I think or or Ambrose in sixteen. Um, I think that, yeah, uh, okay, you've convinced me. Let's go with Becky Lynch. Ugly Duckling Award for Unexpected Rise goes to the so-called man Becky Lynch for 2018. Okay, so we've got a few more to go yet. Uh, Must-see moment. So, um, took us took me a while to sort of start thinking of some of these, but then when, when we got going, we start to rattle them off. I'm, uh, I'm going to list them all up front, and we'll just pick out the ones that we want to talk about. Um... We've got Mustafa Ali pins Daniel Bryan, WWE champion Daniel Bryan, uh, on SmackDown Live. Uh, Dean Ambrose betrays Seth Rollins on the night that Roman Reigns announces he has to leave the company to battle leukemia. Uh, A whole bunch of first evers for women. Uh, The Women's Royal Rumble, the first ever all-women's pay-per-view with Evolution, the first women's Elimination Chamber, the first women's main roster women's last man standing match, the first ever women's TLC match. Uh, Titus's uh, Titus O'Neil's incredible fall and trip at the Greatest Royal Rumble, where he catapults himself like Klinsman halfway underneath the ring. Becky Lynch invades Raw and attacks Ronda Rousey and leaves with a bloody nose. Seth, this was my this was my writing. People will be shocked to hear, I'm sure. Seth Rollins breaks the uh, record for longest single performance on Monday Night Raw, wrestling for an over an hour and pinning Roman Reigns and John Cena back to back. And lastly, uh, DIY momentarily reunite to nail their finish on Alistair Black inside a steel cage. So out of that list, Maz, or indeed any that we haven't mentioned, are there any in particular that you wanna that you wanna pick out and talk about for a few minutes? I've actually got I've actually got a write in. Plan makes a football reference on the pond. Did I? Like Klinsman under the oh, ring. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Um Don't get too excited. No, oh, well, Spurs player as well. Mav, Mav, Mav missed it. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a funny one. I mean, you know, none have given me any more enjoyment than uh, than Titus flying under the ring. That was just <laughs> fantastic. It, it's I I, I think it, it, it's down to two for me, you know, and I, I think it's Dean's turn and. Bizarrely, uh, despite us being on the, the the same show, you know, I'm obviously nowhere near as high on what's happened since then as you and Mav are, and we've uh, we've managed to get to the end of 2018 without really um, 
discussing it but yeah i'm sure we will when the new year kicks in at some point uh but you know the moment was a big one and a controversial one as well you know i know a lot of people have not been uh weren't too happy that 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 it was done on the same night as roman and you know the fact that roman's been bought into it which i'm i'm not on board with myself i think that it's all fair game you know it's wrestling it's always happened Um, i mean they've used far worse in the past yeah i mean you know we we've we had a uh Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio match on pay-per-view in 2018. And, you know, if, if we want to talk about mm. exploitation of bad situations, um, I think they probably uh, a lot closer to the top than that. But importantly, uh, I think, I don't, I think, and I think this is where you and I come from. Exploitation feels like the wrong word. I don't think they are exploiting it. They're just, they're just using it as, as, a I'm part of, I mean that 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 yeah, it, it's it it was just part of a myriad of reasons why Ambrose's betrayal was so disgusting when it happened. It wasn't like that's the only thing that's fueling this story because it's barely been mentioned, really. I mean, it's been maybe name dropped once or twice, you know, and and obviously the timing was was there as well. But they timed it so that it had the greatest impact. No, sure, and you know, it, they it is probably you know, way earlier than they were intending to do it as well. You know, they did it at that moment. And I think in view of everything, it was probably the right, right thing to do, you know, in view of how I view the quality of the storyline, you know, maybe less so, but you know, that's, that stuff for another day, you know, that, that was a shocking moment. That was a big moment. You know, it, it was one we all knew was coming at some point, but I don't think anyone knew would have thought it would have been coming uh, on that night at that moment after what had gone on earlier uh particularly after winning the titles i think that was a, the other extra little yeah. you know cherry on that, that one that was to give you that feel good chill moment and then take it away from you it's like oh, well. and it was, um, it was brilliantly executed as well the actual beat down and the segment and and all that stuff was was fantastically uh, executed by dean and by absolutely Sam. you know and and you know when when I when I've got my criticisms of everything that's gone on since that execution is definitely not one of them, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I certainly don't think anything has been performed poorly, you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean that and what was, was the definitely, what was the second? I mean, the second one for me is Becky Lynch invading Raw, you know, okay. bringing her bringing her bitches. Yeah, I, I just think that whole. You know, I know it's a moment, isn't it? And if you, you've got to pick the one moment in that, it, it's it's Becky Lynch standing there with a bloody face. Again, you know, fate intervenes with uh, her taking out Rousey backstage and then, you know, leading the assault of the women at the ring. And may I say again, you know, we'll talk about this. We've talked about this and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. You know, 2018 being the year of, you know, natural women taking over rather than... Mm forced women taken over you know the women doing that it not being a men thing you know when both brands are having the survivors here is being it a, a women only thing wasn't even something that crossed people's minds really at the time it was just sit back and watch this watch the girls just just tear it up and becky lynch you know leading smackdown leading a group of people that you know she's you know taken you know taken out not been nice to you know and then having them take take on raw you know get that punch to the face from naya but just lead that and just her 
that image of her there with the messed up face, you know, victorious was, was fantastic. But I, I also thought the whole build to that, you know, the next week on SmackDown where she, you know, gave up her, where she had to hand it over to, to Charlotte. I just thought that was fantastic. And while in the larger scheme of the feud between the two, you know, I think it's ultimately going to look a little bit strange in the fact that they were feuding all the way up to it. They've been feuding ever since, you know, that they're there and hugging and, you know, you go and do this. It's, uh, uh, you know, I think it's forgivable. I uh, just thought uh, that, that in itself was one of my favorite moments. Her just essentially tagging Charlotte in a take on Rousey. But yeah, no, from the it's okay. iconic image, it just, it, it's those two. Those are the two big ones for me this year. I'm going to defend my uh, my writing here uh, with, to, to a certain degree, I, I, I'm not going to contend that it should be our pick because I don't think it should. But, um, you know, I think in the, <clears throat> in the sort of the, the, the clamor around Becky Lynch in the last half of the year and Mustafa Rally as well, I think, and the fact that a lot of people have perhaps felt disappointed by the Rollins Ambrose revisitation over the last couple of months or so, that people have cooled off on Seth, uh, and perhaps have have quite quickly forgotten the incredible year that he's had. But I think people also have a tendency to believe that started at WrestleMania, and you know it predates that. I mean, uh, he pulled double duty at the Rumble. He was in the Rumble match itself for for a good twenty odd minutes. Got eliminated by Reigns. Uh, carried a tag team match because Jordan was injured in in a two on one handicap match for another ten minutes later that night. Entered into this into this gauntlet match uh, that lasted over two hours on on an episode of Raw in which he was in for over half of the runtime, beating Roman Reigns clean to begin with, then beating John Cena clean to begin with, which is a big deal. Um, then later that week on Sunday goes coast to coast in the Elimination Chamber. I think he was in there for thirty minutes and and in the last. Three and then of course went on to um, to win the Intercontinental Title at, at WrestleMania and everything else was history. But it really kind of started in earnest, you know, with this Gauntlet match. And I think that he, he even said as much on a, on a promo ahead of it. My my memory is kind of vague at this point. I've not been I had a chance to go and revisit it. Um, but you know, wrestling Roman Reigns and John Cena in two really good individual matches as well, and then beating them both back to back is is a huge deal. So. I would I would contend not necessarily must see because it's my guy doing it, but I think if anyone was positioned in this day and age to do that, it would be a must see moment just to see Reigns and Cena beaten without any kind of shenanigans or, or anything, just straight up clean beaten, and then to do it back to back, that's that's pretty must see. But I think generally speaking, out of uh, I'm I'm leaning towards both of yours. Uh, I think I lean more towards Ambrose betraying Seth simply because. The, the image of Lynch with the bloody nose, a lot of people have already said, is iconic. I'm just not convinced how must-see the segment leading up to that really was. Because we've seen, you know, invasions of Raw many times over. And while it was fun to see her, you know, attack Ronda backstage, and it was it was um, fun to see her attack, doing it again in the ring, and that image of her with the broken and bloody nose has become instantly memorable to a lot of people. It was a pretty ordinary invasion segment, generally speaking, in terms of its design and production. Uh, And, you know, the real kind of uh, excitement around that rivalry between her and Ronda came from a lot of the verbal exchanges and social media exchanges that they were doing in the promos. Becky was cutting more than it was 
that particular segment. So a must-see image, an iconic image, absolutely. But if we're talking about moments, I think for me it has to be Ambrose betraying Rollins this year. God, you know, I, I, I've 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 got you on your own. I've not got Mav here to be ganged up on, but I'll, I'm going to give you this one. I'll give <laughs> you that right. because it's 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 uh, no, it was it was big. It was a big deal. You know, it was one of the hugest deals of of the year. You know, the Shield was a big part of what's gone on this year. You know, Seth Seth's move, Dean Ambrose's return, and you know, even though it was inevitably heading that way at that point. I mean, bear in mind, people were predicting it for the very day he returned, but you know, it's, you know, that's what storytelling is. It it happening at a good time and an interesting time, just like the original shield spit, you know, everyone knew it was coming. It was just, you know, pulling the trigger at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, But I stand by what I said, you know, I don't think people are going to be talking about that. That's that invasion segment in, in, five years time even if they're going to be talking about the image that came out of it um nonetheless let's move on so so uh must see moment of 2018 dean ambrose betrays seth rollins on the night roman reigns uh, announces he is off to battle well he's not off to battle he he's got to go and sadly step away and, and uh kick the ass of this horrible condition um let's move on uh room 101 award so this is awarded to uh any one thing that we hate here on the right side of the pond in WWE. Um, oh, God. It, it's, you know, I mean, we've put Brock Lesnar on the list. I would still extend that to part-timers again this year. Uh, if you think about what we've had to endure with, you know, Triple H and John Cena facing each other at, at the first Saudi show and then Triple H and Undertaker headlining in Australia and then headlining again in Saudi Arabia with Shawn Michaels and Kane and Brock Lesnar seemingly getting beaten and then coming back and then ending up as universal champion again. Um, so part-time is definitely on there. Uh, I think uh, Maverick suggested um, uh, the treatment of, of NXT call-ups. I've put it hasty NXT call-ups, so people being called up before there's ever really any need or plan for them to be on the main roster. Uh, we have GM-elect Baron Corbin. Um <laughs> WWE in Saudi Arabia. I mean, GM, GM like Baron Corbin is an interesting one. I was thinking about this this morning, actually. So I've been doing some research on... I've got a, a few columns coming up where I'm listing my top 60 individual performances in Royal Rumble matches, uh, excluding the winners. Uh, and so I've been watching some Royal Rumbles back. And yesterday I watched all three Rumbles from, from this year. So I watched the men's, the women's, and the greatest. And in the greatest Royal Rumble, Baron Corbin comes out. And he has this incredible... Uh, sort of couple of minutes where he hits the ring and you know you see it all the time guy comes in cleans house and stuff but the precision with which he was executing moves and, and nailing things and interacting with the people in the ring he looked like a star and when I watched it I was like that's why I championed Baron Corbin in his early days in mm-hmm. NXT because I saw that same kind of thing and then I was thinking about it this morning I was like it's 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 things like that you know an explosive impact player that's how you produce a character like like Baron Corbin. You pay attention to the fact he's called the Lone Wolf. That's not just a nickname. It's meant to be an insight into who he is. The way you don't produce Baron Corbin is to put him in a suit and plaster him all over a raw for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes a week as an authority figure. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, who knows what's been going on with, with Corbin. It, it, it's odd, and you know, I've not been as down on Corbin as a lot of people have. But, you know, at the time I thought, well, it's good use of him. You know, it's something for him to do. But 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, I still see those shades of you know his talent and what he could be, you know. But it just it it it, it doesn't come out. It, it, it's again, it's raw syndrome, you know. But then again, he started over on SmackDown when he got Cena'd. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's another issue, isn't it? But um, uh, what about these others? So, I mean, what what would you lean towards for this one, Mazza? Do you think? Generally speaking, I mean, I, I feel like it comes down between part timers uh, and underused or, or poorly used NXT call ups, which is funny because it's sort of two sides of one coin. I mean, for, for me, for me, it's, it's it's Brock Lesnar, hands down, you know, okay. uh, and yes, the part timers in there. But, you know, the part timers have come back for these big paydays and, and WrestleMania. Uh, it's frustrating that, that they get that. However, you know, I see Rock, where you're going. It doesn't. It doesn't impact the TV week to week. Yeah, yeah. bingo. You know, we haven't just talked about Finn Balor's problems. They're, they're not because of Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Mm. Mm. You know, Finn Finn Balor's problems can be directly related. You know, and sure, it it it, it plays into the fact that WWE's obsession with part timers and you know, you you get your Goldberg situations where where he, he plays a part in it as well and stuff like that. But it, it's the obsession with Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar being the only one that has the impact on all these people. You know, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, you know, the, the guys we've talked about over and over and over and over again, who, you know, as, as much as Strowman right now, you think, you know, they've done this and that. If they pulled the trigger on Braun Strowman at the time, and even if we look back in, in 10 years of Braun Strowman as a guy that had that one title reign back in 2017 or 2016 or 2018, you know, we'd still be looking at something interesting. Like we've looked at, you know, other guys, you know, over the time. And it's just right now it's Brock Lesnar again. And it's not interesting, you know, not interesting at all. And, you know, Samoa Joe could have had that title reign that, you know, he, he. We're not talking about him being the guy. This obsession with the guy all the time. You know, wrestling continues, and you're not always the guy. And you know, very few people are the guy. But there are still people well, who have had very entertaining reigns, as you know, short-term ones and placeholder ones, and stuff to get us through a summer and stuff to get us through an autumn. You know, more to the point. More to the point. It was so short-sighted of WWE to go down this method with Brock Lesnar, especially with with either Braun or Joe, but in particular Joe, because Joe and and was even produced. The, the mind-boggling thing is, it was even and we're talking about 2017 here, but was even produced in his rivalry with Brock as being more than a match for Brock and and being convincing in that role and being compelling in that kind of role because you've got Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman in one package. That package is there every week. That package is is passionate about the art form and wants to wants to be, you know, as artistically expressive in the ring as he can be. And that package doesn't demand ridiculous huge paydays. You know, so the reason why I think that was so short-sighted by WWE is because they were in a position where forget about being the guy, they could have had a new Brock Lesnar who was turn up every week, would be there for them all year round, all the time, uh, and didn't charge them an arm and a leg, you know, for the privilege of watching them come out and, and perform in the laziest possible fashion. Uh, and then, you know, and then they would have been laughing to the bank. 
but it's again it's that refusal i think to take risks that's part and parcel of the problem that refusal to just have a gamble and say we're going to have Joe make quick short work of Brock Lesnar because then Joe's going to be Brock Lesnar and we're going to have him every single week because instead they've they, you know well I mean we're I'm falling down a rabbit hole here but um <laughs> I I I think I agree with you wholeheartedly I see where you're coming from you've you've convinced me you know Brock Lesnar is having not just a negligible impact on the wider issues of the company but on week to week TV and when it looked like I mean look at that first roar after SummerSlam and how fresh it felt and how much energy it had uh, and and how it just seemed to come to life again because Roman Reigns was carrying the Universal Championship and was there on the show and we thought Brock Lesnar was done and dusted and gone forever yeah. and then look look at what's look at how Raw's ended the year you know with with some of the lowest ratings that it's ever had the lowest ratings that it's ever had full stop yeah um and I'm not saying everything was perfect after SummerSlam. People had their own issues with stuff. But generally speaking, I think you'd have to be willfully blind to not say that there was an immediate, overnight, vast improvement in the product that they put out that night and in the weeks between SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell. So, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I can't think of anything I hated more this year. So room going into Room 101 this year, getting the award, is the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. Let's hope that the next few months we'll finally see him fuck off for good. Let's hope. Uh, last two awards. Then next up, we have Smarks Court Controversy of the Year. Uh, and there's been two or three this year. Um, one of them that you suggested, I think it was yourself, the Australians getting a super show before the <laughs> United Kingdom. Uh, I don't know if that's a globally held uh, sort of um, uh, controversy, but certainly it pissed us off. Uh WWE turns Becky Lynch heel, which we kind of discussed a little earlier on, as well as Brock Lesnar. I put down Brock Lesnar beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which a lot of people may not necessarily call a controversy because maybe they didn't care. But to me, it was certainly controversial because it ended WrestleMania on the biggest downer possible. And you just threw away, you know, three years of four years of very damaging, obsessive behavior. Uh and WWE persists with Crown Jewel in the light of the news that was going on at the time with the murder of the journalist and, and so forth. Um, let's talk briefly about Becky Lynch turning heel because it's an interesting situation. You were mentioning earlier, Mazza, um, you know, about how she'd said she'd found a voice and, and people were kind of upset that, you know, why would you turn Becky Lynch heel and keep Charlotte as the baby face when it was clearly should have been the other way around? And the irony of that situation is, had WWE not turned Becky Lynch heel, I don't think she would have gotten to where she's gotten to. Not right. necessarily because they were right to do it, but because it was it was being the quote-unquote heel and, and trying to follow that traditional line for a few weeks that allowed the man, as we know her today, to have developed in earnest. Yeah, it, it, it's it's what her character's become, you know? that it, That's what it's needed, and... <sighs> It's hard to say exactly what the issue is. You know, it it did feel like the wrong move. You've got this popular person and you're making them, you know, it's, it's, I think people do tend to get hung up on, you know, WWE's definition and what WWE are trying to do. And I think sometimes WWE don't help, help themselves in that, but, you know, uh, you, I mean, you've said it for a, for a long time that there are no faces and heels. That that's all, that's all dead. You know, it, I, my mind isn't quite like that because you can clearly see WWE positioning 
things as heel and uh, people as heels and faces still at certain points. But, you know, my point throughout that whole start of the Becky Lynch thing is not, I don't care whether she's a heel or, or face at this point. I care that she's having some very good character progression and it's consistent and it's working, you know, and that that's what I cared about in, in that whole situation. So yeah, for me personally, it didn't bother me, but there's no doubt about it. There was a, a section, a, a very vocal section online who were like, why are they doing this? This is stupid. You know, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't think necessarily it was stupid. It's just like, why are they not listening to their audience again? You know? And- yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you, you made the point at the time, why would you turn someone here when everyone's clamoring for it to happen? You know, you, you turn them when they're at the most beloved, so it has an impact. Otherwise, sure. it doesn't mean anything. Uh, and you know, you turn, turn, turn someone heel nobody cares about. It's like a tree falling in the forest with no one around to hear it. Absolutely. And, you know, it got people rolled up and more rolled up about Becky. And, and essentially, you know, that's where she is now. Essentially, she's still that heel character, but no one really cares anymore, you know. Absolutely. Um I mean, I'm, to be honest, the, the crown jewel thing, the Saudi Arabia thing, I'm I'm think I'm just happy to. I don't know about you, I'm happy to disregard it just because I think it's dangerous territory when you start politicizing your decisions as a wrestling fan. Um, it, uh, any, it is, you know, yeah, it it was one of those things, but it it was timing, you know. There was already a backlash from the first one, you know, and the timing of the second one was just very, very, very bad. But I. Yeah. No, my and it's not it. a good look for them, regardless of, of yeah. your political view on, you know, or your view on them, you know, whatever. It's just not you. Objectively speaking, it's not a good look for them to be pressing on with this deal. No, anymore. sure, but at the same time, you know, it's the nature of their business. How many other Quite. companies in America and Britain were continuing doing work with Saudi Arabia after that had happened? You know, without it being a problem at all which my point at the time is that's great if you're outraged by wwe going to do this show in saudi arabia however you know i hope you're doing the re if it, if it outrages you that much i hope you're doing the research into it and boycotting all the companies that you might you know regularly yeah. use on a daily basis and like you say it's not a good look you know it, it, it's not at all but you know until the american government turned around and said you know you know what you should stop stop doing business with Saudi Arabia, you know, it's, it, it's there. And I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of government sponsored murder going on in plenty of countries, but you know, well, it's, quite. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it was, it was a big one and it was all the rage to, to be up in arms about it at the time. But you know, I, I don't know. It's WWE's a business, you know, they're doing business in lots and lots of countries. They're putting on a show there. It, you know, it's it's not a show for you. It's it's it, it's not impacting, you know, it's not impacting our viewing habits. I mean, you know, yeah, sure, it was in a way because nobody really should have seen that fucking main event. But, you know, <laughs> like I said, uh, after it ended, I, I found that a hell of a lot more offensive than them doing a show out there. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, people get hysteria about particularly in this social media age mm. where it's the cool thing to do and you know this it drives me mad I, I can't i can't get on board with it i don't like dealing in that you know i've got my politics and you know my politics is certainly more left than right but i, I can't deal with this whole very 
left side getting so outraged against absolutely fucking everything online and it, it snowballing into this mass hysteria. Well, let's um, yeah, so let's, let's not talk about that then before <laughs> yeah before we get into a into a rabbit hole there. Any thoughts on Lesnar beating Reigns at WrestleMania before we pick a winner? Yeah, horrible. You know, just put a dampener on the whole bloody product that, that feeds into my whole Brock Lesnar into Room One Hundred One thing and the idea of Brock <laughs> Lesnar. And you know, again, it's not even Brock Lesnar himself because you know. Ah, as the Brian match showed, as we get glimpses of every now and again, Brock Lesnar is and has been a very good wrestler. You know, it's just about how he's presented and booked. And, you know, the fact that he shows up once every once in a blue moon and, and, and stuff like that, you know, I mean, we don't even know if, if Vince went in with the hardball negotiation and, you know, we, we might, he might be able to get Brock Lesnar as a, as a full timer and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot less about, you know, Brock himself and just the whole way that he's presented and booked, you know, again, it's like the whole Reigns thing, you know, I'm a huge, huge Reigns fan, but it was, you know, his presentation that had been so horrible to me over the last couple of years, but yeah, it's with, with Brock, it's, that was, that was a bad one. Absolutely. It was a bad one. And just, you know, the, especially the fact that, you know, you've got this WrestleMania match coming and everyone's waiting for it and everyone's anticipating it. Not not for the match itself, like everyone should be. Everyone's anticipating it so it can be over. We can crown Roman, Brock can fuck off and we can get on with our lives. And for it not to happen, it was just, it was like Vince's biggest troll. It really was. To the point where it, when it happened at SummerSlam, nobody cared. They were just relieved that it was finally done with and we could get on with stuff. So it kind of, in the end, they just one massive exercise in, in uh, shooting themselves in the foot and taking five years to, to damage their company as much as they could. I think, though, maybe we should give this to Becky's heel turn because it was the far more legitimately controversial thing to have happened this year, I think. Sure, that that was that, that was the one that blew up and you could kind of see people's point in it even if you didn't necessarily agree with it. Mm. Okay, cool. So Smarks Court, controversy of the year 2018. WWE turns Becky Lynch heel at SummerSlam. Okay, last award then uh, is in the post award for future stardom. So we're talking about anybody we expect to be almost guaranteed to be a major star in 2019 this coming year. Uh, and again, I'll run through the list. We've got six names on this list. Uh, Mustafa Ali, Shayna Baszler, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Drew McIntyre, and the Undisputed Era. Um, Ali is perhaps the strongest to candidate to succeed, considering the position he now finds himself in at the end of 2018, as we were mentioning earlier. But I think, and I think... On the opposite end of the scale, Alistair Black, to my mind, is potentially the weakest candidate on the list. I know that he's obviously been an NXT champion, and guys like Ricochet and Undisputed Era haven't. But I think if you were to look at it, look at his year this year, he's felt like he's very much faded into the background. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, because he's... he's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Black. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that's to um, explain the no pun intended... <laughs> Um, obviously with the Champa Gargano thing going on and, and he lost the NXT title in the process, I think he was injured for a short while as well. 
Um, so I don't know. I just I get the feeling that maybe he's kind of got some ground to make up, and I feel as well like he's got lost in the shuffle, plastered all over him when he gets called up to the main roster. Not necessarily through his own fault, but through WWE. Um, particularly because he's got that kind of, you know, that kind of thing where they're going to just inevitably be tempted to go all a bit supernatural with him and stuff, and, and look how that worked out for Bray. Yeah. Um, I think, let me just have a quick uh, comment on Ricochet, because, and I can't believe it, it hurts me. Love him. Um, but I watched, so in the process of doing my research for sort of my Matches of the Year uh, podcast on Sports Entertainment is Dead this coming week, I watched his match with Pete Dunne, where it was the North American Championship versus the UK Championship title for title on NXT. I don't know if you saw it. Um, absolutely saw it, yes. And it was an absolutely phenomenal piece of work. I It totally blew me away how psychologically sound it was and how much substance it had apart from the whole you know, flips and, and dives stuff that Ricochet is perhaps famous for. There were moments in it that felt a little too uh, choreographed, which is my biggest complaint for him. Um, but that combined with some of the sum, and I emphasize the word sum, some of the bits that he's done in his matches on uh, on takeovers, uh, I, I, by no means do I love him. But he has slowly begun the process of potentially making me into a bit of a believer primarily because of that Pete Dunne match. Um, and quite apart from how I feel about him, he's exactly the kind of wrestler that in this day and age will go over a storm once he gets to the main roster. When you think particularly about the kind of guys he can wrestle there, whether it's Seth, AJ, Brian, now Ali, or whether it's uh, you know someone like Roman, or whether it's you know more out-of-the-box out guys like Ambrose or Almas, it's hard to think of anybody on that, any prominent guy on the main roster on any brand, who he who wouldn't click with Ricochet really well. No, yeah, there's a lot of uh, potentially really good matches, and yeah, you can, you know, he's primarily a flippy guy that's insanely athletic, but you can see a bit more in there with him. But then, you know, I've been guilty of saying that about some people before, and it not really, you know, following through. But yeah, no, I. Mm. I believe, you know, he's going to be popular and I think he, he is that type of guy that you, you, you are destined to to go Kevin Owens with, I think. I think that's a very good call. <laughs> <laughs> Another one to put in the pocket for the predictions show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, what be about... Um... Because he will get that, he will get that, that, that popularity. I think, I mean, his 2019, I would imagine, will will pan out completely, entirely in NXT, I would think. I would be surprised if he ended up on the main roster. Because Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, you would think, are on the fringe of, of getting to the main roster at this point. It doesn't feel like there's much, from WWE's perspective, that there's much use for them to st stick around in NXT for much longer. Um and they're going to need people, obviously, to plug that gap. Alistair Black, we know, has been uh, rumoured to have been on the fringes of call-up as well. So it feels like we're on the verge of another big talent raid for NXT, as incredible as that is, uh, considering the main roster. And, and Ricochet seems primed to be one of the guys who will step up and take one of those headlining spots for the yellow brand. But I also want to talk about Undisputed Era, who, very much like Ricochet... You know, I was I was not categorically I was not a believer at the beginning of the year. Uh, I didn't see anything in them. I didn't, you know, they they were they blended into the background of every show. I didn't understand what the buzz was about. 
uh, and then just slowly. I mean, it hasn't been one particular match. It hasn't really been one particular feud. Just uh, just slowly, over bit by bit, over the course of the year, I've become kind of more and more enamoured with them. Uh, they do remind me there's something, there's some intangible quality to them that feels very late 90s to me in a good way. I mean that in a positive way. Uh, I mean, I know that Primetime calls them NWL black, NWO black and gold, which I think is a good call uh, because it seems to somehow fit what I'm talking about. Just this, this, this kind of aura that they carry with themselves. The, the kind of used car salesman thing is quite entertaining. You know, you get that, that kind of greasy, smarmy, bad guy vibe from them. I think Roddy Strong... Maybe it was Roddy Strong joining them that just made it click for me. I don't know, but... but yeah. I think I think because the funny thing is, I mean, obviously um, Roddy and um, O'Reilly have had some incredible matches with Mustache Mountain in the summer, but beyond that, I wouldn't necessarily rate anything that they've they've necessarily been a part of. It's more just a case of all you know, good matches combining with good character work, combining with consistency, and all the rest of it just has added up to me becoming really kind of liking them. And if they can if they can master that consistency again through 2019 then it could be their year next year, whether it's in NXT or the main roster. Yeah, it's it's the Radicals. I get the Radicals vibe from them. Mm, that's a good call, yeah. The, the early Radicals. And uh, it's, yeah, just pure, we're good and we fucking know it type yeah. type deal. And, you know, they, they've clearly all got, you know, you've got, you've got, they've got their quirks. You've got, you know, there's, it, it's, a nice little collective of, of guys who, you know, all seem a bit different, but can all really like, you know, their mechanics once they get between those, those ropes. And yeah, I mean, I, I like them, you know, it, it, their presentation's really good. You know, just they their, theme music is awesome. their theme music, the way they walk to the ring, you know, that it, it, it just, all, it all works. It all works really, really well. And, you know, they, they're going to be the big deal in in um, in NXT uh, this coming coming forward this year, and I think I think so. Yeah. I, and I I think you know Ricochet's been feuding with them pretty much nonstop since he showed up, and I don't see that slowing down. I think Ricochet versus the Undisputed Era is going to be a very it's going to be a long term deal, and that could be a big you know that could be a big money program for NXT as a brand in 2019 to replace obviously the Gargano Champa thing that they've kind of leaned on over the last year and a half. Um, Cause you've got, I mean, you've got, you've got a mini sort of situation of sting against the NWO type deal. If you wanted it there, you know, the, the group of villains and the, the, you know, sure. I mean, you know, the, it, the it's fan a favorite here. long-term story that could play out. I mean, have Ricochet go against each one of them in four consecutive takeovers. That worked for me. You know, it's well, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of the kind of role that Pete Dunne has had this year to a certain degree. I mean, it's been more focused on on Roderick, Roderick Strong because of his betrayal of Pete Dunne, but there's been that that kind of vibe there. So if they can absolutely turn that into something more explicit, like you say, it could it could turn out into big money. I think the only thing that's that threatens undisputed era's year next year is whether or not they're going to be able to resist the urge. Uh, to split them up because you've got two big stars in the group now in Roddy and, and Adam Cole. Sure. Um, and so whether, the they can, whether they can hold off on that itch that they get very frequently. I think if they stay in NXT, they're going to be quite safe. It's just if they get to the main roster uh, with how hot and cold WWE go on factions and tag teams, uh, I guess we'll see. Um, 
we've already spoken at length about Ali on this show. I don't think there's much for us to add there. What about Shayna Baszler and Drew McIntyre? I mean, Drew is... They're both interesting ones. Drew's case may have been a lot stronger about a month ago. For some reason, it feels like it's been a very cool December for him uh, this last month. I don't know whether it's because it came time for the big push and then he immediately started losing to Dolph Ziggler, it felt like, every week, um, which was a bit of a head-scratcher. And the fact that he... Inst- the f- I, th- I tell you what it is. I think they missed an opportunity. What they allowed Braun Strowman to do at Survivor Series should have been what they allowed Drew McIntyre to do, which was go on a tear and eliminate basically the entire op- opposing team. So they missed a trick there. And now Braun Strowman's set to face Lesnar for the title instead of instead of Drew McIntyre, which is probably good for Drew in the long term. Uh, but it feels like the moment came to pull the trigger on Drew and they missed it. That's That's just raw for you, isn't it, really? Um, quite, yeah. It's nothing says draw like that. Um, but will he still go on to have a big 2019? Do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling if this shakeup's real, he's one of the guys that's going to suffer for it. I, I agree entirely. I, I, I think he was primed to, and I think you know he's still going to get a push of some sort. But I, I think with that stuff going on, you know, he's obviously if they're going to start pushing guys that they weren't pushing, you know, some of the guys that they are pushing are going to fall by the wayside a bit or were primed to push. And I think, I think Drew is fat finds himself right on, on that, on that bubble uh, of the person that's likely to, you know, if it becomes uh, our, our favorite word here on the pond in recent um, time of meritocracy, you know, I, I think Drew's going to fight for his place and he's, he's had a, really really good second half of the year you know and I know you've not been a fan and I know you've been somewhat convinced by him at points is, is that maintained I would December's kind of put me a step back again <laughs> I'm right. back in Owen's territory um, but generally speaking I was starting to thaw on him yeah I was starting to go okay I'm, I'm beginning to see glimmers of what all the people have been banging on about and he's, he's been a, he's been a high spot on, on a raw show that's not been not been great and uh, funny enough you know this week um rather than doing a uh you know uh, power 10 with with our good friend randall rather than doing one for this week with all the pre-recorded stuff they've done we, we we're deciding to do a uh you know a list uh of the highest rated people based off uh, what what's happened so far so since the beginning of september and drew is okay. is a prominent person on that list you know uh, con- okay. Constantly. I think up, up there towards the top performers. I think 2019. He's one of those guys, like you said. If this shakeup is real, he may suffer. But at the same time, I think he's also one of these guys who, if if they do go through as his rumor to happen and put the universal title on Seth next year, then he could greatly benefit because Seth's the kind of workhorse champion that'd be able to feud with a lot of different types of performers and would be. Uh, particularly the company would be particularly fond of putting him against you would think big kind of brutish opponents to play on the whole underdog babyface thing that the company loves so much uh, andrew is obviously one of the more immediate obvious picks given given 2018 so i guess he's maybe perched on a knife edge but i think a real st- for me it comes down to either undisputed era going on what we have been more convinced by them after we've talked about them i think you're bang on with what you were saying about them potentially being the big act for NXT next year 
them or Shayna Baszler because I think Shayna Baszler has been pretty much quite remarkable since she first appeared on NXT. Um, but has particular feels like she's just come more and more into her own as the year has gone on. I think she's had some absolutely cracking matches with Kyrie Sane in recent months uh, on takeovers and evolution. Um, and I mean, obviously Ronda went straight to the main roster as we would expect and stuff. So has very much had to learn her craft faster up there. But there's no denying that Shane has benefited massively from going through the developmental system and being able to shape more of a sense of character and personality and stage presence. And everything about Shane just seems to to click in the way that the company would try and convince his clicks with Ronda. But I think it's more immediately apparent with Shane because she's had the time to master the craft, frankly. Uh, and then when you think about how interesting her debut may be if Ronda is either still around or recently departed and whether she ends up playing a part in you know the rumored horsewoman horsewoman thing or what's going to happen when she comes across someone like Becky the man you know the 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 fighter what happens when she comes across an alpha female like Charlotte what happens when she comes across Asuka who perhaps if Shayna isn't the most dominant NXT Women's Champion of all time, then Asuka is. So there's a, you know, there's another one for you. She's got unfinished business with Emma Moon. So Shayna, whether she stays in NXT or whether she uh, moves to the main roster, and I get the feeling she's probably one of the acts that's on the verge of moving, particularly if she does move to the main roster, I think 2019, it would be very, very difficult for her not to have one of the most eye-catching years on the in the entire company quite honestly i think you're probably right you know i'm a big fan of shana she's come in in a position where i think uh, almost very similar to ronda you know bizarrely seeing you know their paths are, are very similar in that I, I think they've both come in with a certain level of you know star power you know obviously Shayna's star power comes from you know being Ronda's mate uh, I think a lot of it but you know I think they've both come in and absolutely nailed it they've both come in ready to get hated on with with the, the IWC mm. prime to you know take a real pop at them and they've both performed to a level you know neither of them quite the world beater yet you know but they both performed to a level where they've avoided that. And that in itself is a big achievement, I, I think, for both of them. And in particular, with, with Baszler, like you say, she's come in, you know, a style that people don't particularly care for <clears throat> that much, a style that, you know, as we've said on this show, is is becoming a bit too popular with... <clears throat> with the company, but, you know, she's proved she can mix it up and hang with, with other styles, particularly Sane, who, you know, is obviously extremely talented, but she's mastered it. She's got good, good, very good control of her character, you know, which is obviously a very important thing for us. You know, she's, she's believable. And I know one of the, one of the big things for, for Mavin is uh, hatred for Rousey, which is becoming a bit notorious, um it is you know he's not not so sold on her facial expressions and movements and stuff like that whereas i think you know i could see where he's coming from with that even though i'm I'm a fan of rousey i can see where he comes from with that with, with baszler she's got it spot on you know she she's giving off that 
horrible big hoss heel vibe really really well and, and she she knows how to portray it and you know that's a big deal and with you know the women's the women's revolution that's uh, not pushed as an adventure really gathering steam this year like you say, I, I, I think she's coming up and she's going to be there big time. And I think, you know, with the rise of um, Becky at the moment and Charlotte delivering match of the year contenders throughout the year this year, uh, you know, Rousey taking to it like a duck to water, her there, you know, when you consider you've got the uh, NXT horse women we've discussed, particularly Sasha, just there killing time not doing much and then you've got the nxt horse women you know starting to come up i think they wrestled their first match on nxt uh this week or last week or at some point you know it, it, a couple of weeks ago i think yeah you know if they can take to it as as quickly as their buddies can and you know <clears throat> doesn't mean they can but you know they're they're in in that company together what we've seen from them and the fact that one of them's married to roddy strong you know you've got to say She's got some extra coaching at home in that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we can see a really good series of matches between the horse women's, the horse women's, uh, <laughs> the, the, the two sets of horse women. And, you know, it could be a big deal. But, you know, how, quite how that plays out, I don't know. It's obviously something WWE will have in mind and will like the idea of, but it will take a lot of manoeuvring. But, yeah, I think Shayna is going to come up and, you know, she's going to be a really nasty heel. And, you know, whether it's in a feud with Rousey at some point, you know, maybe, you know, it's got SummerSlam written all over it, hasn't it? Baszler versus Rousey. If they go that route, yeah. or they might they might go another route, you know, with Becky. If, if they go the route that seems to be, you know, the one that people would like, you know, and we, we have that. I c- yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I would, I'm kind of wary of them doing something like Baszler versus Rousey just for, a, I don't know. I mean, it, it would feel like them benefiting off of the, lo- uh, exclusively benefiting off the lot of a hard, uh, uh, the hard work of a lot of women who were there before them, which I know is kind of how history goes. Right. But it's, their UFC background makes it feel slightly ugly somehow, and I and I, I, I more importantly I worry that they would be unable, they being WWE would be unable to resist the temptation to produce it like a UFC fight rather than a <laughs> the old um, Lions Den match. Well, you know, but you know what I mean though. Yeah, like, no, no, like, absolutely. So I I'm wary of that, and I think the greater intrigue as well is to see, you know, because that's the difference between Shane and Ronda. Shane's got such a clearer character, uh, and you can imagine her in situations and how she would react to some of the characters on the main roster. I mean, in the interest of just winding the show up, I think... See, you, you made such a great case for the Undisputed Era, and then you made such a great case for Shayna Baszler that I I don't know, I'll let you pick. I think it's Baszler, you know. I think Undisputed Era, uh, you know, I don't see Undisputed Era on the main roster in 2015. Oh, 2019. That's sorry. fair. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I see Baszler coming up this year and making an immediate splash. Okay, cool. Okay, well, that's it then. In the post, future star of 2019. You heard it here first. It will be the Queen of Spades. I think it's the Queen of Spades. Shayna Baszler 
current NXT Women's Champion and we expect is going to be doing big things on the main roster for the women's division in the coming 12 months. So that wraps us up. Those were the duckies of 2018, so I hope you enjoyed the show, folks. We'll obviously be back next week, next week and next year, both together, next week and next year, uh, with our predictions for 2019 show, hopefully, but you never know. So uh, do tune in then, and in the meantime, you can catch all the great shows here on uh, Lords of Pain Radio. We have Zaman on Mondays with his coverage of... of Promotions like NJPW and ROH. Uh, the One Nation Radio guys, I believe, are on Tuesdays, as are the Global Revolution guys. You catch myself on Sports Entertainment this coming Wednesday, two-hour match of the year special this week, this coming week. Uh, our friend The Implications is on Thursdays, and we will be back on Friday as well. Uh, so do check out all those great shows. I hope you had a fantastic year this year. I hope you have a fantastic new year next year. Uh, and uh, we will see you in a while. Bye. Ah.